You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Helen Farmer with you for Farmer's Kitchen. And my goodness, we were hungry. We were marking World Pizza Day. Michelle, the co-founder of Pitfire Pizza, in the studio and laying out the challenge to you. If you were going to put a pizza on her menu, what would be on it and what would it be called? We were also exploring roast dinners around Dubai with the man that calls himself the Yorkshire Pudding. Taking a look at UKater, founded by husband and wife team, bringing almost three decades of experience. But what is on their menus and how are they working with hidden gems and big chefs too? Speaking of big chefs, Chef Russell Impiazzi from Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk, was on hand to talk taste of Dubai and also what is on the menu for Valentine's Day, plus talking snacks with spinnies. It was a busy one, and we even threw in Chef Vanessa Beimer, incredible, incredible woman, um, when we're talking grilling, cooking for royalty, and more. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With spinnies. Eat well, live well. Oh my goodness, prepare to feel very hungry indeed. We have got to celebrate World Pizza Day. One half of Pitfire Pizza, Dubai's favourite neighbourhood pizza joint and what I think is a true success story, homegrown heroes. Michelle is in the studio. How are you? Hello, Helen. I'm great. Are you wearing anything pizza themed today? Because you've got pizza shoes. I think I've seen some socks in the past. Not today. No, I'm actually wearing a jumper. (laughs) It's cold. I know, and I love it. And I love it. <laughs> Perfect for cozying up with a slice. Yes, for or, sure. Or three. Um, what started with your home was starting that, that company way back in the day. Would you mind telling us the origin story of Pitfire Pizza? Where and when it all began? Yeah, I will try to keep it simple. It, it started with my husband having his first slice of pizza when he was seven years old. <laughs> and it's never stopped since. He's just always wanted to have a pizza restaurant. And we talked about it a lot over the years. When we finally got to Dubai, um, we were a little advanced in our careers. We had some savings. So we thought, you know, good business environment here. And so we decided, well, if we're going to open one, we got to, like, figure out how to do it. So Bill started making pizza at home. We ordered a professional pizza oven and installed it in our garage. (laughs) And then we started having pizza parties. And just kind of it, it went from there. I mean, what year was this? That was, oh gosh, um, that was about 15 years ago. Now seven branches of Pitfire Pizza. Well, soon to be seven. Soon to be <laughs> Very seven. Very soon. What is the best-selling Pitfire Pizza topping? Pepperoni. By a long way? By a long way. It is very good. It is. But do you feel like, you know, the big guns sometimes overshadow some of your favorite toppings? What What's uh, what's on the menu recently you think, oh, that is great? So I... One of my personal favorites is the palm, which um, is kind of our ode to Dubai. It has dates on it. Ooh. And it's very simple olive oil base. And it's got dates and gorgonzola and um, a bit of rosemary and brassola. And then we bake it. It's finished with balsamic glaze. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. You brought me a chicken shawarma pizza. I did. I couldn't be more grateful. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not just because it's, not just cause it's World Pizza Day because it's Friday and last night was a late night. So legitimately grateful. So let's go back. Let's go back to your garage and having pizza parties. And I understand there was some neighbours tomatoes thrown in the mix there. Was it Stuart's Heritage Tomatoes? That was Stuart, yes. That yeah. was actually after we, after we um, opened in JLT. That's when Stuart started growing tomatoes one when, when, wow. Summer and uh, so we just all talked about how good it would be just to take a plain Jane pizza and take some of his tomatoes and slice it on there fresh, 
put some salt and basil and olive oil, and it was just amazing. How do you feel about getting contentious, Michelle, of Pitfire Pizza? Patrick says, ask her about her stand on pineapples on pizza. (laughs) I don't discriminate against any toppings, put it that way. Would you order it yourself? Yes, indeed. Because you've got the Hawaiian kind of... We have two different ones. I'm here for it. (laughs) Italians. Listen away. Um, I'm here for it. As you say, we've got some great suggestions coming in. Mozzarella with artichokes. Uh, Jonathan would have would would add to your menu the devil chicken. So spicy chicken. <laughs> Love the sound of this. this is, guys, this is for 500 dirhams in total up for grabs to spend at Pitfire Pizza. What would you put on the menu? So we want toppings. We want a name. I'm, I don't mind it. What about, the? I guess, some of the... That's quite an unusual combination you mentioned there. You know, date and gorgonzola and balsamic. What about the process in terms of tastings before something does go on the menu? How long can it take? It can take months. You know, um, it's first you've got to have an inspiration. I mean, first of all, we've got a really diverse menu as it is. And so to bring something new on is is challenging, you know, because it's like, well, what are we going to do that's different than what we've done? Sometimes uh, seasons are an inspiration, like Ramadan. You know, we did a timeout at timeout market last year. We did a lamb shawarma, pulled lamb shawarma for Ramadan. Sounds good. And um, and then I launched a chicken shawarma pizza on a kind of almost a dare from our friend Liam. Seriously, really? Yeah, he was like, "Why don't you do it?" And I was like, "I don't know. It's too cliche." And he was like, "Well, why don't you just try it?" <laughs> so I said, "All right." So I did. Well, I'm going to try it in yeah, about a minute. It, and how's it been going down? It's, it's been going down really well. We kept it on the menu because it's so popular. Chloe's giving thumbs up from the booth. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Michelle, co-founder with husband Bill at Pitfire Pizza in the studio. We're going to talk about the art of the char next. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. It is Dubai's favourite neighbourhood pizza joint. And we have got co-founder Michelle in the studio from Pitfire Pizza. Um, can I ask you? about your artwork because you brought in some pizzas and by the way I had a little nibble of the chicken shawarma during during the break there and it was amazing um it's such an opportunity that so many people miss to say something about who you are as a company to have some fun with it tell us about your philosophy around that artwork on the pizza boxes well you know we we think that a pizza box can be a canvas to showcase the work of local artists. And we, we love the local art scene here. There's some really talented people. And so we just uh, sort of came up with the idea and thought, okay, let's, let's find someone and make a box. So we just will go and we'll find an artist. Sometimes the, the, they find us. Like this last box, she found us. She came to Time Out Market, saw our, all of our boxes and left her name and said, I would love to do one. So cool. Yeah. And then it's, it's about working with that artist. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a long process. It takes a lot of our time. Mm-hmm. So we work with them. We talk about possible themes um, and, you know, get their interpretation on that. Sometimes it started with their interpretation of our brand. And now we've kind of gone in yeah, this like sort of freewheeling theme direction. Ooh, yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Um, also on the box, it says char. Talk to us about the Pitfire Pizza philosophy of char. Well, we love char. We think that, um, you know, char adds, it adds character, it adds visual appeal, it adds a crunch. And, you know, we love those char bubbles. And we just think that, you know, it's really important. So we intentionally push the bake time to achieve char. Um, Sometimes people think 
we think it's char, they think it's a burned pizza. So we've had we do a lot of education. We have a box topper, you know, called understanding the char, you know, here's what it is, here's what it's for. It's fine. That's why we love it. Yeah, we have people that ask us to just burn it as well, you know. So most people really do love it and it's kind of one of the things that we're known for. Um, Michelle, where can we find pit fire pizzas now? What started in your garage and your husband getting very nerdy about dough has now become something of a citywide phenomenon. How many branches and can we give some locations out? You mentioned Time Out Market there. Where else? Uh, we, have, uh, we have a dine-in location in JLT, Cluster D, where we started. We also have a delivery-only kitchen in JLT, which services that, that area and the whole of the marina and that, that general area, one of our very busiest kitchens. We are. Um, we have uh, a location in Murdoff. We have. Uh, that's our most recent opening. It's. Um, it's in Murdoff Hills Avenue. It's dine-in and delivery. We have a location in Arjan. Yes. Which is near Miracle Garden. That's a fun. I love that spot. There's, and by the way, the last time I went in, the music was awesome. I don't know who's doing the Pitfire playlist, but it was me and really, Bill. It's you've. You've got great taste across the board. <laughs> music you. music and pizza. So, yeah, that's just a great little neighbourhood spot. Yeah. Um, you've got your Business Bay kitchen as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And can we talk about what's we coming can. soon? We can. Finally, I can talk about it. Yes, we are going to be opening in Dubai Hills Business Park. Licensed venue, folks. Licensed so venue. When, when, when? Uh, two weeks, <laughs> in, inshallah. <laughs> you know, it's always when it comes down to these last minute things, it's, yeah. you know, I mean... It's do we do we open before we get our license or do we wait? Um, Just open already. Come on. Yeah, we probably will. I mean, it's I I think I think I'm confident that by the 25th, which is when I'm planning the friends and family day, um, that we'll have our license by then. Michelle, thank you so much for coming in. Give my best to Bill. Um, It's always an absolute pleasure. Happy World Pizza Day. Thank you. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We've got a husband and wife team in the studio today. UKTA founded by Philippe and Sarah Dupuis. Husband and wife team who are shaking up the catering world here in the UAE. Between them, more than 30 years of global business experience across restaurant conception, finance and investment. Welcome, guys. How are you both? Great. Uh, thank well. you for having us here. Uh, thank you for making time. I know, obviously, weekends are crazy busy in F&B and Absolutely. you just launched the platform. So I think it's great to sit down and have a chat and maybe a bit of a, a, bit of a reflect. Um, because I love a love story. <laughs> Can I ask, Sarah, how did you guys meet? We actually got introduced by uh, some common friends we had. And it was in one of the restaurants in Dubai that we first met. Can, uh, can we name it? La Petite Maison. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so is that like a special restaurant to you guys? It is. It is. Yeah, it definitely we, we, is. Yeah. We still go there very often. Well, I got... Reminisce. We, well, I, got, I kind of had my wedding there. So we, oh. we go back on our anniversary. So it's, it's a very special place for me as well. Oh, that's so lovely. So from meeting... To then working together. I mean, is this a recipe for divorce? We hope not. I couldn't work with my husband. That's all I'm saying. But so far, so good. Um, tell us about what you were individually doing then, uh, Philippe. What, what's, your, what's your history like on the, on the food front specifically? So, um, you know, I've been, I mean, I've been in, in finance for 20 years, um, but uh, I've always been extremely interested in, uh, in the FNB scene. Um, we've invested in numerous FNB ventures. Um, we also we actually have a, a, a restaurant in New York. Um, it has uh, four stars on the awarded by the New York Times. So one of four restaurants to have four stars. It's uh, supposed to be the best sushi uh, omakase in North America. Oh, give it, what, what's it called? It's called Yoshino. Yoshino. Yeah, um, but I mean, 
always big foodie um, and a tech investor. So I thought that it was a great idea to uh, mix both mm-hmm. aspects. And what about you, Sarah? So I've been in finance as well for the longest ever time. I'm a big foodie and obviously having a French husband, uh, a lot of uh, talk is around food and F&B. Um, and so, yeah, we thought this would be a beautiful thing to bring to the to the region. Um, you cater. Let's talk about about it because this is catering with a difference. And I wondered if maybe you could unpack the opportunity you you saw the gap that you're looking to address, Sarah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it actually came from a personal need. Um, I'm a mom. Um, together, myself and Philippe have six uh, kids. We do a lot of uh, birthday parties, a lot of hosting. Um, so it was always like kind of a struggle to find the right caterer, who is available, who does catering. And you always want to bring that novelty aspect. And so um, it was a tedious and lengthy process and we felt the need to address it. Um, and even on a corporate front, so many times we would have uh, breakfast meetings in the office, etc. And you would end up with the same caterer offering the same kind of food to your employees. Sad pastries. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we put, um, I mean, we've done some brainstorming, looked at different business cases around the world. And uh, that's how UCater was born. So it's a platform that's bringing together restaurants, chefs, companies that can offer, I mean, some of them are really, really well known. So I wanted to ask you a little bit then about how you started to identify the people or the companies you wanted to work with. So, I mean, we've, as, as we said, we're big foodies. So we, we go to all these places. Um, we, we have very good relationships with all of them. Um, we've had great support uh, from uh, all of our partners. Um, and look, we, we, we love the food that they do. And uh, a lot of them have uh, being restaurants or, uh, uh, or caterers, um, they cannot always showcase what they do best. Um, and this was also for them a way to promote that they actually do catering um, for corporates as well as for uh, private parties. We're going to talk about who's on the platform next. Joining us in studio, Philippe and Sarah from UKater. You can have a little nosy on the website, see who is indeed there. We're going to be exploring some of the cuisines, talking catering trends for 2024. And um, I'm probably going to ask them to pick a favourite as well. If we were going to put together a party this weekend, what is on the menu? You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Introducing you to a brand new platform now, whether it is, well, kids' parties, dinner parties, weddings maybe. Uh, we are speaking to the husband and wife team, Philippe and Sarah, from UKTA. That's what I wanted to ask you, Philippe, about how it works. Should we do a little role play? Sure. Okay. Um, so let's say, because it's my daughter's birthday in two weeks. <laughs> um, so let's say you've got 30 people and you want to spend some time with your guests rather than being in the kitchen. Um, can I come to the platform? Do I plug in number of people? Does it cuisines? How does it work? How do you matchmake us? So it's very straightforward. Um, you go on the platform, you post what your requirements are, what type of event, what's the occasion. So uh, it's a private event. It's a birthday party, kids' birthday party. Uh, you put your number of guests, um, the type of cuisine that you want, um, and your budget. 
then then all these criteria are then pushed to the the provide the, the the different providers which have uh, a dashboard and they can view all the inquiries from that dashboard um, if they're available or if it's relevant to them they just then show interest in the event and then that opens a chat section so you can basically liaise directly with your uh, with the the right provider and customize it uh, I think it's very important these days everyone is looking for a specific customization which is great um, and finally the the provider gives you a quote and you accept it check out pay through the platform it's done let's talk food make us hungry Sarah um, can we give some shout outs to some of the well you've got individual chefs you've got some kind of hidden gems and you've got some big names can Absolutely. we name a, let's name a few um, so we've got like some fine dining outlets that do catering from the DIFC like Caviar Caspia L'Atelier uh, Beef Bar Sumasan um, but we've also got some beautiful homegrown brands like 21 Grams um, very known for their amazing breakfast uh, and uh, Wise Guys Rascals so Rascals Absolutely. And some more established brands like La Durée, if it's for a baby shower, they do beautiful things. Um, Jones the Grocer, beautiful also for like corporate uh, breakfast meetings, etc. So variety addressing any type of uh, cuisine and every budget, really. Okay, let's talk numbers. Yes. What, um, I, know, I know you're new, but in terms of what, what you have accommodated or what could be accommodated by your partners, how big, it's Dubai, how big are we going? Oh, it's you know it 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 can be like from uh, uh, two people uh, Valentine dinner uh, with a private chef to uh, more than eight ten thousand people. Um, we, for example, I mean, I'm going to give you a very uh, good example. I mean, we are curating the FNB space for the Step Conference that's happening uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so we have uh, eight of our providers there. Um, so. Um, yeah, there's no, the, the, the sky is the limit, really. We really felt the need to address any type of request really coming through the platform mm-hmm. in terms of budget. and. Can we name some more names? I think we had Mais Tacos on there. We do, we do. <sighs> we absolutely have Mais Tacos. Mila Taqueria, Mais Tacos. You basically put together some of my favorite people in Dubai, <laughs> honestly. Odion Gourmet as well. Yes, uh, keep yeah. talking. <laughs> so you can have a cheese party with Odion. Are some of these companies um, or chefs people that have never done catering before and this is now a different revenue opportunity for them um, or has it always historically been people that have done catering and then you're just connecting them, Sarah? So we actually have some uh, well-established caterers as well as Pinch Gourmet um, and other caterers. So some of them have been doing this for a long time. Some of them actually are exploring a new revenue stream. But we always, the partners that we have on the platform, they're always the best in class in each category. And we really emphasize on that because it is a vetted and curated platform after all. Let's give a final shout out. So where can people find the platform, the URL? So uh, it's uh, ucater.me, uh, U-Y-O-U, cater.me. Um, you can follow us also on Instagram. It's the same URL, uh, ucater.me. And uh, I'm glad to say that the customer's app is actually uh, uh, launching sometimes next week. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, Exciting guys. Times. Absolutely. It is. Let's catch up. Let's see how it's all going. I mean, also, last question. I want to almost ask you individually. How's it going working together as husband and wife? Fantastic. Correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> He's a smart man. <laughs> Sarah has not answered. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. no, but guys, huge congratulations on, on the launch. Thank it's going to so be really exciting to see how it all kind of grows and comes together and uh, making memories, really. Absolutely. That's, the, that's the most important thing. You know, food is there for all of those celebrations and occasions. So great for you guys to be part of it. Thank you. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
We're in conversation now with an award-winning chef. She's done everything from exec chef catering. She's worked in hotels, on yachts, exclusive residences. We've got Chef Vanessa Bamer from CBC Consultancy and Events joining us ahead of Taste of Dubai, which is coming in a couple of weeks. How are you, Chef? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. You're amazing. I'm loving, loving the vibe. And what's keeping you busy right now? What's, uh, I know Fridays are busy for you, Chef, so thank you. But what, what have you been working on? Oh, I'm actually working on a really great project at the moment. It's going to be a uh, clinic and a care center and a social club for the elderly. Really? Yes, it's going to be absolutely stunning. It's a first of its kind here in the region, um, and it's uh, planning to be opened in March. That's so interesting. From as like a kind of a creative challenge when you're thinking about you know different nutrition points, taste palettes, demographic. What's that like trying to work it out? It's definitely a bit of a switch because obviously with the elderly there are different uh, tasting profiles and health requirements that are necessary, as well as it is a clinic. Mm-hmm. So we have to put into consideration to make sure that it's standardized and available for everyone. Uh, But at the forefront, we also have guests that are waiting for their guests. So Mm -hmm. we've got um, amazing uh, like cafe kind of style where we'll have kind of grab and go bites as well as someone has some nice coffee. So a little cafe going on. That is so, please let us know when you can talk about it properly. Yes, I I will. will. (laughs) But it's an interesting thing about that aging population and what an opportunity that is. And as as you say, that kind of creative challenge as well. Um, You are going to be at Taste of Dubai over the weekend of the 24th, 25th. What are you going to be cooking up, Vanessa? What's on the menu? I'm very excited. So as you know, I have a Brazilian heritage, so Brazilian-Italian heritage. So I'm actually going to be able to do one of the grilling shows where people can come and cook with me. And I'm going to be doing picanha with my signature mango chimichurri. What's picanha? Picanha is the best piece of meat ever. Uh, So I'm sure you've seen all of these uh, videos where they're holding a skewer and they're slicing this C shape. Uh, This is what picanha is. So it's got this nice fat cap that wraps around the meat and it's just tender, tender in your mouth, full of flavor. It's gorgeous. And what's that going to be served with? Uh, so that's going to be served with a mango chimichurri. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be teaching people? Yes, yes. I'm going to have a whole class. So, oh, uh, so we're going to be doing that in the grilling section as well as for the Kipsons Theater. It'll be a cooking theater class where people can come and we stand and we all cook together. It'll be great. We have got passes, VIP passes, no less, for Taste of Dubai up for grabs. So do stay with us on the show because you could be going along and enjoying some of these fine flavors and fine lessons. We've got Chef Vanessa Bamer with us today from CBC Consultancy. Up next... Talking about fostering talent in young chefs and some of her many accolades. But what is she most proud of? We're finding out next. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Chef Anatha Bamer in the studio with us today. She has cooked for royalty reality TV royalty footballers and is part of the Taste of Dubai Festival, which is coming up very soon indeed, weekend of the 23rd, 24th and 25th. Um, Chef Vanessa, so lovely to, to have you with us. Um, you've worked on TV, you've, you've won awards, you've won medals. When you look back on your career, are there any moments you think, wow, that was something special? I'd, I'd have to say in general, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's surreal. I, I can't understand how I was on a yacht in the med working for royalty. I don't understand how what was just a hobby in the kitchen, because previously I was a paralegal uh, back home. And I was just like, you know what? I really like working at the catering company. I love cooking. I like bringing people joy through food. And 
I, I, I'm, I'm here in Dubai, the, the best city in the world for uh, cuisine. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. One thing I wanted to ask you about is about the next generation, because I know you're really passionate about working with young chefs, fostering that talent, and I guess helping them a little bit. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing coming up with the, with this generation? Well, honestly, I'm very glad that you asked that question because this is something I'm very passionate about. And I just came back from Saudi and Bahrain and Doha doing exactly what you said. And the younger generations, they really need to be nurtured and taken care of. The old school mentality of chefs are... God bless him, Gordon Ramsay, screaming and yelling. That's not the way that you're going to get people to be creative and have confidence. You have to build people up and you can't pull them down on aspects. So one of the things I really do like to do is to do these training seminars and sessions because the students come up and talk to you. You get to connect with them. You find out that maybe, you know, their passion might be in pastry or it might be in hot kitchen, but you're not going to know unless you actually get to connect with them. There's also this idea of because just because you want to work with food doesn't mean you need to be in in a hot kitchen being screamed at. You know, there are so many different avenues, when it, whether it's, you know, teaching, you know, consulting, you know, you could be working on a boat, you know, you can be... It, it, I feel like the, it, there's so many outdated ideas about being a chef nowadays. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. We need to be kind of shattering some of those myths and illusions to be attracting new talent who might think, oh, that's really not for me because I've heard awful stories about, you know, people burning... You know, each other with hot spoons in the kitchen, you know, and all these those <laughs> awful, awful urban myths that you hear going around. Um, can we talk about food at home? What do you like to cook? Okay, so my husband's probably listening. He's not going to like this very much. Uh, and every chef I know, we don't really cook very much at home. You sold him a lie. <laughs> um, but what I do at home, I'm a very big fan of doing a lot of comfort foods. Uh, so uh, for me, uh, you know, a very, very high quality Australian uh, Angus steak. Um, we do a lot of potatoes. I love roasted vegetables. Um, I try to look to those things that remind me of comfort mm-hmm. um, as well as try to keep it as nutritious as possible. What about keeping an eye on trends? Is that something that you kind of tune into or is it more to do with staying true to what you've learned and what you want to communicate? Well, here's the thing about trends. They come and go. Uh, but food is fashion at the same time. So what we actually like to do is I like to take all of the places that I've lived and do a lot of fusion. So I've lived in Korea. I've lived all over Europe. I've lived in Kyrgyzstan. So I pick up different taste, uh, tastes and different flavors from around. And I'm like, you know what? I really, really like, you know, mangoes. But I also for, like kimchi. Why don't I make a mango kimchi? And I like to play around with flavors just to be... In, innovative in my cooking. Chef Nessa, you mentioned there Dubai being, to your mind, you know, the culinary city of the moment. Are you someone that plans their travels and holidays around where you want to eat or ingredients that you want to buy? A hundred percent. Anthony Bourdain had the right idea and I would love to follow in his footsteps, but literally any place that I, we decide to go, it's it's food travel for me. Not so much for my husband. He gets drug along. Where, so where have you been that you'd recommend? I mean, we're in February now. People are already thinking about summer holidays and we've got you know spring break coming up. Where have you got booked for 2024 or where have you been in the last couple of years? You think every so, foodie should go there. So I actually just got back from Australia. Um, I was lucky enough to do the whole coast. Uh, on a full food tour. That was absolutely stunning. Um, but what I would suggest is a lot of people shy away from Korea, because. but you should definitely go to Seoul. They have some of the best food in the world there. Thank you so much for your time today. Lastly, can we come back to Taste of Dubai? Of course. You mentioned beautiful grills, 
uh, lovely mango chimichurri. What, what else can we expect from Taste of Dubai? Do you say you're doing one I, class over I'm two doing days? actually, I'm doing two classes over three different segments. So I'm actually going to be doing the grilling as well as I'm going to be doing a duck la orange uh, for a little more of a technical class for the for more advanced cooking skills. Um, but the you definitely have to come out. The vibe is great. It's everyone's really up and it's all about food and there's all the different vendors that are there. It's going to be a great weekend. Chef Nessa, you are a friend of the show, so you can't win this prize, I'm afraid. But we've got a 500 dirham voucher. <laughs> to spend in Spinney's, which I think is just a dream of a prize. I think about it every time I'm in Spinney's. And we're asking for everyone for a foodie recommendation, somewhere they've been recently, somewhere they've eaten, or even somewhere they're going this weekend that they think deserves a bit of a shout-out. We've had some great suggestions, you know, from cooking at home to getting out and about. I'm going to read some of them after three o'clock. But last question to you. Where do you think is great right now on the food front or somewhere, a bit of a hidden gem you think deserves a bit of radio love? Well, you know what? That's actually something interesting. I know that there's a big movement for healthy food and people are not into, they're over the bowls, they're over the build-your-own salads. Um, one of my favorite places and go-to is actually Toss & Co. Uh, because they've got some power plates uh, that are absolutely fantastic. It's vibrant, it's fresh food, and you don't feel like you're eating healthy food. Oh, sold. Thank you so much. And Vanessa, if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram or, of course, you know, avail of your consulting or catering services, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Our Instagram is chef underscore Bema, and it's Bay and then like mother of the Bay, Bema. There you go. If you want to send me the word chef, I'd be happy to connect you. And we'll see you at Taste of Dubai. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait. We'll see you there. Thank you so much. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. From one passionate foodie to another, we're turning our attentions from pizza to roast dinners now. Thomas O'Hara is with us. He's also known as the Yorkshire Pudding, a man on a mission trying a new roast dinner. Is it every week, Thomas, that you try a new roast dinner? Hi, Helen. Yeah, every Sunday I try and do it, yeah. Every single week, right. Let's, um, Let's get some numbers. How many roast dinners in Dubai have you tried now? So, as of last Sunday, it's 102 wow. different roast dinner places. 102? Uh, twice. I've done a few three times. Uh, but, yeah, it's been unbelievably hard to get through them all uh, in the last three or four years. Speaking of numbers, has there been any uh, roast dinner-related weight gain over the last 102? Have you, have you, have you noticed any so, increase there? As you can see, I'm wearing my black clothes, which yeah, <laughs> it, it's me a little bit. Yeah. Tom- just after Christmas as well, that's added weight and Christmas dinners. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get more into sport this year. All in the name of investigative journalism, my friend. Um, So why and when did this mission start? So it literally started when I came to Dubai. So obviously I came when COVID happened. Uh, I was locked in a hotel for the first few months. And I said, I was obviously bored and thinking of things to do. And I said, I I saw a YouTube channel where they were rating takeaways. I thought that'd be a fun idea to provoke dinners and just provide a little bit of entertainment for friends and family and my personal Instagram ended up being full of roast dinners instead of personal pictures and people said why not just convert it to a roast dinner page and yeah it's a start up a bit of fun and say a few years down the line now it's it's influencing a lot of people a lot of restaurants 
Well, yeah, it's getting a lot of criticism from people in restaurants as well, and there's a leaderboard where people compete, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of kicked off more than I thought. That's brilliant, though. We're, we're going to talk um, about those top-rated restaurants, um, but I wanted to ask before we get start kind of naming, giving some shout-outs for people that are looking for a roast dinner this weekend, and I've, I'm going to one that I need your take on, actually. Um, what's your criteria? You know, what's that kind of judging scoring system like? Okay, so, I mean, the first time I go to a place, um, it's based on three categories. So, obviously, the food, which is the most important, the highest uh, weighting. Uh, the second criteria is, is the drink selection, uh, which is it's got a lower weighting, but I still consider it. And then the final one is the place, uh, so say how it looks, how it feels, um, and the, the experience that I have. Uh, and then when I go back to places again for a second time, which you say you'll see on some of the posts, I have 10 different criterias which I rate each one out of 10. They all have equal weightings, which it's, uh, people don't seem to agree with, but it's just easier for me to sort out. Uh, and then all the 10 criteria get rated out of 10. And obviously just add them all together and give a score out of 100. And that's how they get rated onto the leaderboard. Thomas O'Hara with us. Turning it into an absolute science here. Um, over the years, what have been some of the weirdest additions to a roast dinner? We thought that just does not belong on the plate. Why are you here? Well, that's very good timing because last Sunday I, I saw mushrooms on a roast dinner. No! Which I got a lot of backlash. I've seen tomatoes. No! Again, weird onions. Yeah, yeah, it, it's quite amazing some of the things I've seen when the <laughs> apple a British roast dinner. And then conversely, what do you feel like a roast dinner is incomplete without? You're like, well, where is the, I don't know, well, for me, obviously, Yorkshire pudding and probably for you as well. But where do you feel like it's an easy win if you have it on the plate? It's a very simple thing, but seasoning, just on the potatoes and on the food in general, a lot, a lot of places don't really put seasonings on the roast potatoes and other uh, items. And it just gives it a very bland taste. That's, that's probably the most common thing that I find. Okay. Um, obviously, yeah, we, want, we, want good, we want good Yorkshire puddings, we want good roast potatoes, we want good gravy and good meat. They're the, the top four things that we all look for. Right. And then um... spices on the side and anything else extra just to give it a bit of a kick. We all, we all appreciate it. Right, guys, Thomas O'Hara with us today, a.k.a. The Yorkshire Pudding on Instagram. And I, I shared your account with some friends last weekend who were looking for a roast, good roast dinner. I'm going to one this weekend. I want your take on it. And we're going to be talking about that ranking. Who is top of his list? Chris has been in touch. Um, would love his take on the best budget option, please. So if you're looking after your dirhams, where can you get a great feed? Um, that's what Chris is uh, keen to know. So, Thomas, you've got a few minutes to think about that. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Here's the man who has now tried over 100 roast dinners in Dubai and, yes, is ranking them, rating them and sharing them for your viewing pleasures. Thomas O'Hara with us today from the Yorkshire Pudding. He's there on Instagram. Um, and I wanted to get your take on one, Thomas, if that's all right. I've had, do you know what I think it is? I think it's since the weekend's changed to Saturday, Sunday, that I think a lot of us are just craving that roast dinner. And I feel like the restaurants are listening. There's an awful lot of new ones popping up. Um, I'm going to the Guild um, at ICD Brookfield oh. Place on Sunday. Have you been? Yes, I went there two or three weeks ago. Tell me what uh, I yeah, need to know. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Uh, the whole place, you've got about four or five different rooms for different experiences. And uh, the roast dinner room is it's like a banquet hall uh, with live stations that you can watch them cook the whole meal for you. Uh, so the, the chefs are even there at the live stations. You can watch them all cook. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the food was incredible. Every every taste was uh, mind-blowing. Oh. Um, yeah, 
I, I couldn't really find many. I tried to be very picky when I was rating it. Uh, I, I found it very difficult to find uh, flaws with the actual food. Yes. Um, You've I made... can't remember what I did fault it with because obviously it wasn't a 10. It was about a 9.25. Um, so I must, have thought, I, must have, I must have found a very minor fault with it. Well, uh, but I say, you that's, have, that's it. you've made my little day there, Thomas. So that's the Guild um, ICD Brookfield that I'm going to head to on Sunday. Um, so, as we said, you're ranking them on food, obviously, drink selection, the venue. Um, where's currently top, top of the roasts? What's, what's got the number one spot? So, I mean, we're only five, six weeks in this year, um, but I say so far it is the Guild. So, say you picked a good choice for this yeah. Sunday. Um, last last year, the top three, which say are most people's favourites, are the Strand Craft Kitchen, uh, Coterie. Uh, I can't remember what's third. Oh, I'll try and find it. Strand, Strand and Coterie, the top two. Uh, Toad in the Hall's up there as well. Um, so, fairly new place, maybe a year, a year and a half old. Uh, but say, they, they get so many ratings from followers that submit their ratings as well, and they're always at the top. I love it. Um, You've you built a community, about 5,000 people following you now, Thomas. Um, we've only got 30 seconds left, but Chris has been in touch saying best budget option. Anywhere that comes to mind for a, a great plate full of roast dinner for not too many Durhams? Yeah, so again, in the last couple of weeks at the start of this year, I went to a place called Socialite in JBR, and that's two for 125, which is incredible value. Wow. Um, they show all the sports. Uh, even, they even show my football team leads, which start normally on TV, managed by the great Daniel Fark. Shout out to him. <laughs> Uh, but yes, it's, it's a great pub, sports pub, and say 225, you can't really go too wrong. And happy hour as well, all day till nine. That's fantastic. Thomas, thank you so much. Where are you going this weekend? I'm going to a place called Giles. Oh, that's uh, good. If I pronounce it incorrect. It's a uh, Lavoie Meridian JBR. It's great. Um, I've only, they do great fish and chips. So I'm, I'm keen to get your take on the roast dinner there. Um, as I said, you can be found on Instagram. Rating... Honest reviews. It's the Yorkshire Pudding underscore. If you want that, you can just send me the word roast and I'll send the link so we can get that community even more active, Thomas. It's an absolute pleasure to catch yes, up please. again. And uh, yeah, yeah nice made, to speak to Helen. You've made me really excited about the Guild, so thank you so, so much. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinnies. Eat well, live well. He first came to the UAE back in 1996. And uh, <laughs> good grief. Chef Russell and Piazzi, it's been quite the journey since then. You've been in London, Bahamas, obviously back now in Dubai for a stint as exec chef at Sofitel Dubai, the Obelisk. So, chefs in charge of Brasserie Bouloud, Tycho, the Nine, Bijou Brasserie, the Soleil there as well, and has become, I think, to my mind, chef, really hailed as a sustainability champion. What does that mean to you right now? Like, is that is that something you're particularly proud of. Well, first off, thanks for making me feel really old, 1996. <laughs> uh, listen, time flies, uh, especially in Dubai. Time goes really quick. Um, Do you want to know the theory on that? Tell me. About why it goes really quickly? Because of the weather, because it's, always, it's pretty much always the same. So when you live in a country where it's more seasonal, ah, well, there you, go. you have these markers. You're like, oh, do you remember that day when it, when it was really cold? And, the, you know, it kind of chunks it up. And, the, you know, here it's the sunshine makes everything just oh, we love, we love the sunshine. And that's, oh. why, that's why I guess I've been here so long, right? Looking out the window, seeing beautiful blue skies and, mm-hmm. and just seeing how Dubai's changed over the years and just amazing melting pot of incredible food and hotels and, and great people. Um, and I guess that's what's kept me here for so long. Was sustainability a buzzword back in 1996? Um, I think... It, it's changed over the years. When I first started cooking way back when, you know, as young chef, you're taught to, to, to not waste, not, not chuck yeah. things away. But I think that's kind of got lost over the years about what it actually means. Um, 
And look, it's great that everyone's talking about it again because it's it's, it's more relevant than ever. And, and, and what we try to do at the Obelisk is, is we try to do the right thing. It's not rocket science. It's being mindful, being meaningful, and being purposeful, how we use our ingredients and really making the right food choices. It, it's, it's super important for our young chefs as well to understand that the future of food has changed. Their future has changed as young chefs as they evolve and they start creating their own content. What does that look like in the next mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15 years when, you know, when they're sat here talking to you? Well, it's interesting because I think there are some things you're drawing attention to, you know, in terms of the menu and initiatives. Um, but what's happening behind the scenes that diners have no idea is happening on the sustainability front that oh, you're we, we working record, on and measuring? And- we record everything. Um, if, if it's left on your plate, I know about it because it goes into a separate bin that says plate waste. So we know exactly what's going in the bin. We understand what, what you want to eat, especially in our main big buffet breakfast areas. And we kind of analyse that day and say, look, we've, we've chucked away... I don't know, 350 Zatar croissants. Maybe we need to produce less. And that's how we analyse and use that information. So all the ingredients across the hotel get measured waste. And we have the meetings once a month and say, look, what can we do better next month? Mm-hmm. And we just try to drill down every month and find better ways to use everything, basically. You're going to be at Taste of Divine. We've got loads of people getting in touch wanting to win. And I'm not surprised. VIP tickets, thanks very much. Um, what, have you, what are you going to be cooking up at Taste of Dubai, Chef? Our, our second year. We were there last year. We had, a, we had a huge amount of fun. Uh, the team really loved it. It was great seeing the team engaged in something different, getting out of the hotel. And, and it's a new venue this year, down at Skydive Dubai. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it's going to work. It looks amazing. It's bigger, um, as everything in Dubai gets bigger, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're at the Nine. We're doing some great British classics. Really good home-cooked comfort food. The boys are busy away making most incredible handcrafted steak pies. Uh, that comes with a beautiful creamy mashed potato, that luscious comfort food. Uh, and that's served with a lovely onion jam, a little beef, beef jus or gravy, as we call it in Essex. Uh, <laughs> and we've got they a do one- in the north as well. Yeah, we've got a wonderful um, fresh fish and chips. We have the most amazing batter, um, beautiful triple cooked chips, that pea pure homemade tartar sauce. And then we've got a... Bit of a vegetarian number. Uh, we're doing a lentil and, and mushroom burger, which is absolutely delicious. Homemade pickle uh, on a lovely brioche bun. Delicious. Oh, this sounds amazing. And then we've got the classic sticky toffee pudding, you know, so, so save space for that because that's a bit of a personal fave. So it's a three-day foodie festival, guys. We are talking licensed outlets, about 16 of Dubai's best restaurants coming together with little, yeah, as we've just been hearing, kind of exclusive dishes and interpretations just for the event. If you want to be there, you need to stay with us after half past four because I'm going to play you our famous foodie. Um, what are the logistics of something like that? You know, obviously when you're at the hotel, you've got your kitchens, you've got the full brigade and then you go on the road and suddenly you're cooking you know fish and chips at, at a you yeah, know, at skydive if, if you Dubai. forget something it's a bit of a pain um <laughs> so you've got to be got to be organized but the guys do an amazing job you know it's uh, they're, they're super organized we've got an amazing chief steward in caston who just keeps us all super organized um yeah, and just make sure you check everything before you leave because it's a long way to go if you forget something. So, We're at, in studio this afternoon with the executive chef at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk chef, Russell Impiazzi. If you've got any questions for him, I'm, I'm keen to come back to the roast dinner conversations, by the way. So we may well touch on that next. And of course, Valentine's Day is around the corner. As is golf food, it is a big foozy season and we have got the man himself in the studio. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I am quite frankly surprised that our guest has managed to find half an hour to have a sit down. Chef Russell Impiazzi with us today. He is the exec chef at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk. In between Taste of Dubai, which is coming up, Gulf Food, which is coming up, Valentine's Day... Do you ever get a rest? Well, look, February's a great month. It's it's one of those foodie months that kind of just comes around super quick. You just finish Christmas and just kind of, oh, and then New Year kicks in. And then you think January's going to be a couple of days where it's a little bit quieter. 
that doesn't happen. And then you're straight into February, which is, uh, listen, it's, it's fun. It's all good stuff. And we, we love being busy. So. Um, we had a message from Hannah saying, I also arrived in 1996. Fun times. I'm feeling very hungry. Sat in the traffic on the way to Pirates and craving steak pie. Uh, we've got Pirates on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, steak pie. Our steak pie is wicked. Um, we, we love Say it. no more. So, yeah. Say no more. Right. Valentine's Day. Yes. Be honest. As a husband, would you go? I mean, you're probably working. Do you go out or do you stay in? Uh, stay and cook. What, stay, what, stay and what cook. would be on your menu? Um, it depends what I get told to cook, really. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> so there you go. It's uh, but I prefer to cook at home uh, on Valentine's. Generally, Valentine's Day for us is the fifteenth and not the fourteenth. Has been for for, for many years, but because you're working. That, but that is what it is. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it's this idea of being treated. You know, being yeah, and, and, and that can take different forms. Yeah. You know, whether it's someone cook, cooking for you, but for a lot of people, it is. You know, but even if you can't and, cook, even if you're just showing to make the effort at some yeah. at one thing, you know, it, it's uh, it means a lot. What's on your menus there at Sofitel? Um, well, we've got obviously all the restaurants have got have got menus going, and it's trying to find a balance of what's too much food and what's not enough food. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to be diplomatic. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, <laughs> So it's it's obviously Tycho Brasserie in the Nine have got a really good showcase of, of some really cool dishes. We've got a, a lovely dish in uh, in the Nine called monk fish chips and caviar, uh, which is a bit of a play on fish and chips, which is which is delicious. Which... Caviar's having a real moment. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but there's yeah. certainly a lot of TikTok generation who are like super super into it. The, the Times had a huge article yeah, a, about the caviar accessible. man in London. Yeah, it's a lot more accessible. There's a lot in Dubai, of course, uh, as it would be. Um, but it just adds that little bit of richness, saltiness, creaminess. It's, it's, I've um, never I'm had a, it. I'm a, really? Never had it. Well, there's Valentine's hint for your husband there. <laughs> you know. I'd like a tin of caviar, please, Mr. <laughs> Farmer. But I, I think it is, when do you first have caviar? I've got no idea. But it, this article was super interesting because there seems to be a guy in London and he basically deals it out of a lockup in, and, you know, is wearing his you know, three-piece suit and he's got all, oh, the, all the kind of accoutrement. So in terms of eating it, it was a whole education around, you know, I what think the big thing now is it's, and, uh, it's the caviar bump where you put yes. a big thing on your on your on your on your thumb and you just you just slurp it off is it i mean is it just a bit of showing off a uh, little bit a little bit but that's um, all right <laughs> but but why not you know it, it's it's not every day right so monkfish yeah caviar and what else so it's, it's a play on fish and chips so we, we slice the monkfish a beautiful batter um and we top it with a little bit of nori seasoning um and then we do like a dauphin wild potato but we cut that and we pan fry it so it's nice and crispy, look like chips. A little bit of sweet pea puree and we finish a bit of creme fraiche. Uh, like a warm tartar sauce, it's on the bottom as well. Oh. And then we just put the, the caviar on top of the chips. It's, uh, it's quite nice. Oysters? Any classic aphrodisiac type so I had my first oyster when I was 16 and it took me to about 25 to I had my second one. <laughs> So, but now I love them. You know, it's uh, especially the, what the Dibber boys and girls are doing. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. You know, I remember going out there years ago when it first started because I didn't quite get it. And obviously, you meet Rami and, and he explains what he's doing. And now we use them across all of our restaurants. Mm, and, and really incredible. Yeah. They're going to be there at Taste of yeah. Dubai, and that's what the prize we've got for you this afternoon, guys: a pair of VIP tickets, including three hundred and fifty dirhams to spend on a meal of oysters. At um, at Dibba Bay, are there any foods as a chef that you feel like you just you just are, are never going to like? Um, I only ask because I feel like there's some foods that you feel like you mature into. I still don't like olives, for example. I feel like I'm not a proper grown up. Uh, anchovies are, not into are, are it. a big no no for me, and uh, uni, which seems to be a chef's favourite. I'm not not a fan of uni. What, what about tasting and things? Um, just don't put it on the menu. Uh, That's no, what you can do when you're executive not, chef. Yeah, <laughs> I make the rules. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not much. Don't no, get it. Not into yeah. it. No. And what about the tastings and the calories? You know, when you're going around and you're having a spoonful of this and a drizzle of that. Uh, you've got to be careful. Um, but you move a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to move a lot. Um, 
But that's the fun bit. You know, you, you walk around so many kitchens. You know, we're so lucky to have such great chefs and such, such great produce that it's hard not to have a little taste and, you know, pass a little comment here and there and just point guys in the right direction. But it's, it's all good stuff. Chef, you're going to be, as I said, at Taste of Dubai. You're also going to be at Gulf Food, which is one of the most enormous events on, yeah. on the calendar. What do you as a chef get out of, of those kind of meetings and networking and, I guess, tastings as well? So, yeah, I'll be on the, on the, the, the Visit Britain stand, cooking every day with showcasing some Welsh lamb and some lovely Scottish salmon. So I'll be there every day doing some, some cooking, some demonstration, really great produce. But you meet great people and it, the, the conversation is just around food. You know, and if you're industry, it's just just great topics to talk about. What's new? What's exciting? What what's what's coming new into the market? And yeah, you just talk about food the whole week. And, and, and as a chef, it's it's pretty inspiring place to be. Traffic's a bit of a headache, but you know, plan your journey, get there early. Um, We're going to be there as well. Going. Yeah, it's it's always fun. Chef Russell, thank you so much. Last question: If you and you can't win it because you are a friend of the show, if you were to win 500 dirhams to spend at Spinney's, which is up for grabs this afternoon, guys, I just need you to send me a foodie recommendation. Where are you going this weekend? What are you eating? What would you, as a chef, be spending that money on? Um, I think I'd go to the fish counter. Uh, I think I'd grab some oysters from Dibba Bay, which I see often. Um, yeah, some nice nice fresh fish. The turbot always looks nice in there. And, and a bunch yeah. of flowers. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, flowers. <laughs> goes about saying, but yeah, of course. I was saying Valentine's Day is coming. <laughs> chef Russell and Piazzi, always an absolute pleasure. Exec chef Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk. Um, and we'll be there, as I said. Taste of Dubai. I love the sound of the food. Little mini, mini dishes and sticky toffee pudding and pies. It's going to be a good one. Have a fantastic weekend, sir. Always an absolute pleasure. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're talking snacks now, one of my favourite topics. And to guide us through the new things in store, we've got Tiffany Eslick, content and creative director and recipe developer too. And Connor Roman is the category manager for Deli and Meal Solutions. Lovely to have you both with us. Um, Now, we should also say that your office is above what I think is one of the finest spinnies around. Um, so before we get to talking snacks, I need to know, and you can't win because you're friends of the show, Tiffany, if you won 500 dirhams to spend in spinnies, what would you be spending that money on this weekend? Mm, oh, my goodness. What's you? Oh, probably flowers. Um, <laughs> I think I've said that before. But, yeah, flowers and relishes and olive oils. Ooh, like condiments. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What, exactly. what about you, Connor? Where would you be spending that money? Valentine's Day next week, so flour is definitely a, a must. Um, and then I think maybe some of the uh, MB9 Wagyu. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and yeah. Okay. I, I, support, I support you in your choices, guys. Um, you've, you've not only got your offices above the store there, but you've also got a development kitchen um, where you can welcome chefs and obviously lots of tastings and things going on. Um, Tiffany, can you explain a little bit about how that development kitchen works, what it's used for? Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've got, it's backed onto the cafe. So you've got some of the cafe people using one side of the kitchen. Then we've got a huge team of chefs, um, like specialist chefs, uh, new product development chefs, um, working on new ideas or like, you know, finalizing recipes. So there's always something going on. There's always something being sampled, often multiple samplings. Um, today we've just spent the whole day pretty much in that kitchen doing about 16 dishes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a buzz. It's, it's really lovely. And actually in some of the best places, the walk-in chiller. <laughs> Insider info. Um, and, Connor, from your point of view, you know, Deli and Meal Solutions, how long can it take from, you know, a meeting, someone having an initial idea to something, you know, being there on the, on the deli counter? What's that process like? 
so we can be really, really quick. Uh, we can turn things around in a couple of weeks if we have a really fantastic idea and it's fairly simple to execute. But obviously, we're a very big organization and there's a lot of people that need to go through lab testing, nutritional information, training it out to all of our stores. So for some of the bigger projects like we've been working on, it can take a couple of months. But um, yeah, we can be very agile sometimes. And what about that, Tiff? You know, you've had, you know, incredible um, training yourself at um, in cookery schools and, you know, obviously through the work you do now. What's the difference, I guess, between creating a recipe at home and then thinking about scaling it up on a grand scale, whether it is to go, you know, onto Daddy Count or, of course, in the Spinney's cafes as well. Does that create challenges? Absolutely. And, you know, like, fortunately, we have this brigade of chefs who have got so much experience. And so they, and they really help with scaling things up. So, you know, you, when I write recipes, I'm like a pinch of this and a drizzle of that. And like, you know, just kind of can't trust that. <laughs> yeah. So a dollop does not work. And so that's been the, it's like sort of learning to be really precise with grammage. Um, and yeah, you just got to think like you've got to think simply when you're doing things for, for scaling up recipes when it's going into the store. I think the cafe can be more uh, flexible because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's more volume. We are behind the scenes today with Tiffany and Connor from Spinney's. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Joining us from the kitchens of Spinney's, we've got Tiffany Eslick, content and creative director, recipe developer extraordinaire, and Connor Roman, category manager of Deli and Meal Solutions. So I wanted to ask you about what's new. Um, I spotted some pots. Um, who wants to talk to us and get us hungry about these little pots of pleasure? Tiff? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we had um, we have developed uh, seven new snack pots, um, all high in protein. Uh, we sort of started this towards the end of last year, and it's been a great project. Um, do you want to chat about trends and protein trends, Carl? Yeah. yeah. So I guess one of the things that we've seen is food on the go has been really important for our customers, and we've been seeing around eighty percent growth in that. Uh, prior to developing this project and it's really kicked on since but one of the big parts of that was um, the functional health kind of elements of on the go so our protein drinks for example have been grown over 100% year on year gut health is uh, gut health like kefir stuff like that has been grown at over 70% year on year so you can see that the customer demand for those functional health benefits are really there which is why we decided to give them something that they didn't need to just drink to get that in, but that they could actually enjoy a really tasty filling uh, snack pot to, to get that protein or those health benefits in. All right, Tiffany, make us hungry. Um, we've got seven, I, I think you said. Can, can you give us a quick rundown of what's on shelves this weekend? Yes. So one of my favorites is the Bahara chickpea with jammy eggs and the garlic yogurt and coriander. Um, There's also the tikka chicken with lentils and yogurt and coriander, really high in protein. It's got 26 grams. Uh, Then this Mexican bean salad with avocados, sour cream and chives, um, barbecue chicken. That's coming in around 20 grams. Oh, gosh, Connor, what else have we got? Um, <laughs> uh, well, you had to have one with built on Oh, there. yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm being blamed for one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's also a jammy egg with biltong, spinach, and avocado, um, really high in protein. And biltong is good. Yeah, biltong is um, good. So that's made here at Aspenese uh, Factory. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, salmon, salmon, uh, salmon, salmon egg, egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
um, with spinach. That's a, that's super popular. Yeah, that's yeah. our top seller. Guys, so this is fantastic. So it's these little grab and goes. So for everything from yeah, as you said, egg and avo. Chica chicken with lentil. I, I like the sound of the Asian teriyaki chicken pot. That's 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 that's, that's a bit of me. That so that's going to be my uh, my weekend plan. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can Thanks. see it. I'll, I'll swing by. I will swing by. Um, and lastly, Connor, if someone's having a weekend picnic or barbecue, needs some sides. I saw you've got some new salads um, in the deli counter as well. Four new salads. What's your what's your current favourite? What you what are you most proud of right now, sir? I. I love the avocado and kimchi. I like the flavors are really good in it. Obviously, it has some good functional health benefits with the kimchi uh, and also the avocado being superfood. But beyond just the health side of it, the flavors are amazing. So that's that's my favorite at the moment. One last question that's just come in on the text line saying, any vegan options? Is this, a, is this something you're working on, your protein pots and your snack pots for the vegans out there, guys? Tiff's nodding. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> watch this space thank you so so much it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you guys have a wonderful weekend ahead full of food and we'll talk to you soon tiffany and connor speaking to us from spinnies Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.